You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. It is the big free agency episode, I suppose. I am at Rota Librarian, Ryan Livergood, from the Pillow Palace in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Joining me is Will the Thrill Greenwood. What's up, Will? Just getting, just getting psyched up for tonight, Ryan. There's a... As, as I said, we're this is the off season in mid season form. <laughs> okay, like okay. like there's some excitement happening, nothing too crazy, you know, all the time. But we're, we're just kind of like rolling along. We're at this point where, uh, you know, players are signing places. Everybody's disappointed in landing spots and what's happening. But I think we should have been ready for that coming to this off season anyway with free agents overall. Uh, I have I have a lot of questions, Ryan, about about contract structures. Specifically about the Trent William, Williams contract with the Niners. That like six year, like what is it, like 144 or whatever million dollar deal? The dude's like 30, was he 31 or 30, like 30? Like that's there. I just, I, I haven't been able to track it down exactly what that looks like overall and, and like what they're out is, but there's no way that that is, that is not like, like cat tomfoolery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Teams are getting really creative, aren't they? With 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 the yeah, six years, one hundred thirty-eight million, but there's no details on it. Yeah, I mean, the, he is thirty-two years old. He'll be thirty-three in July. So, um, yeah, he's a he's a he's an old man. Uh, he's still still good, but probably won't see the life of that contract. I don't think with the San Francisco. Well, it's like that uh, that weird Taysom Hill contract that was signed. I don't think it's exactly similar, <laughs> but I do think it's it's somewhat similar. Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, it, it's it's been a weird free agency period, um, probably from a fantasy perspective, probably mostly disappointing, I think. Maybe a few bright spots, which we'll we'll talk about. But it, it was also it's been kind of fun. Well, because, well, it's just we get we're really focused on talking about football and free agency. And it's exciting because th- there's always, um, you know, some hope for your teams, unless you're a Chicago Bears fan and there's no hope for us. But we don't need to go to that, Ryan. But that's but that's for the Patreon show. If you want to check us on a Patreon, you can hear all about that and some March Madness talk. I but, heard five minutes of a Vox from you on it. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of on. We don't need to rehash it. But I, I think you know there are some fun fun storylines though, like um, New England, the New England Patriots, and them spending all this money and um, grabbing all the best tight ends. It's it's that's fun. I I, I know that sucks for fantasy as. Uh, as a guy that has a little bit of Hunter Henry in my leagues, I'm, I'm not thrilled, but you know, it is what it is. It's still, Will it's he still- do worse though than what he was before? Like Hunter Henry was never like a league winner or barely even a week winner. Like he's fine. Well, and he's he, still going to be just fine. Well, or, he's Mr. Or maybe, he's, but I, I don't know. I, I kind of like either. I just kind of like what they're doing. Uh, or, I like what like the overall. Patriots are doing. It's, it, yeah. It's fascinating. It is. And there's been some kind of negativity on Twitter. Like I, I saw someone tweet, um, New England spent all this money and they still haven't made their team better. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what are you talking about, man? I mean, they, they their defense is number one. They've got these guys coming back that didn't, that's opted out from COVID. Uh, so defensively, they're going to be really good. Um, and, and their offense is going to be better, even if it is Cam Newton, which I don't think it will be. I think they're going right. to make it during the draft. They just so. scoop back up Kyle Van Noy too. Yeah. Which, which just means that Kyle Van Noy is ready for an all pro season. That's the Patriots motto. Let the player leave for more money and then come back for an all- like Darrell Revis. Uh, was it Jamie Collins? Uh, you, you go down a list of players that, that left New England for money. 
uh, got, got cut off the other team and then came back and had just great, great seasons for them. So I think their wide receiver acquisitions are very interesting. Uh, and I think getting Cam Newton is just like a security blanket. And this, this point was made on a different podcast about saying like they signed Cam Newton so that, you know, maybe some of the pass catchers at least have a presence at quarterback that they at least want to play with overall versus having a completely unknown quarterback situation. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he's a good, I think, I think Cam Newton is a good leader, if nothing else. I mean, maybe his, some of his football ability has, um, has, has diminished, but, but I, I mean, I'm a big Cam Newton fan and, uh, you know, I think even if he will be the backup, but I think he's got to have on their roster. I, I mean, I, I think the Pats are going to be a really good team. I think they're going to win a lot of games and compete for the AFC East. So, um, and, and as someone who is, I used to live in the Boston area for about five years. So I'm kind of a pseudo Patriots <laughs> fan, maybe thinking about joining, you know, m- more f- full on since the, the bears are pissing me off so much, but um, it, yeah, I, I think it's, it's cool. It, it's a, it's a fun story. So, um, but before we get, get really get into the free agency stuff, well, do we want to yeah, do our, yeah. our, uh, what do we, the fancy Joe's pro day recap, you know, from the past week since we recorded what's going on, which isn't a great deal, but there's some fun things to talk about. Right. Uh, I mean, th- yeah, yeah, yeah. I-, I feel like this is just the sidetrack before we get into the free agency talk because this is an underrated, uh, under like underrated the uh, uh, items of information that people aren't talking about. So put that in an acronym, and we'll use that. But first and foremost, Ryan uh, Puka Williams, you know the running back from from Kansas who has some character issues and weight issues. He ran a fast forty, uh, but he potentially has some explosiveness. Anyway. He has no toes on his right foot. Recently found that out. I was listening to the 4 for 4 podcast, and they talked about it, and I went and found the article. Uh, in a lawnmower accident when he was nine years old, he lost all his toes on his right foot. Wait, he lost all his toes? I thought he yeah. was missing a couple. I, I, I knew this, and I meant to mention it, but I guess I didn't know the full story. Wow, that's amazing. I'm that's... pretty sure it's all because I double checked it before I wrote that. No, in. I, I, now, I, now you're I, now you're questioning it. No, I take your word for it. I take your word for it, and, and I think that's pretty remarkable. Just the fact that he's made it this far, <laughs> you know, the fact he might be drafted and he has no toes on his right foot. That's that's incredible. That is incredible. Yeah, literally no no toes on that huh. right foot, and maybe that's what why he weighs so little. You know, he had he had some big old fat toes. <laughs> and, uh, He'd really be 215, but without those toes, he's, he's 175. So, oh, that's so anyway, <laughs> uh, the, the secondarily was, you know, there were those highlights from the Trey Lance pro day and like the oohs and ahs when he threw like a bomb. During looking the good. Day, which, is he looking good, Ryan? Uh, I, think the, I think the main thing that came out of that round is he has nine and one eighth inch hands. Yeah. Duh, duh, duh. Yeah, and, uh, w- you know, I, I, what I brought up to you is that is the narrative changing about hand size? Because we do have some small handed quarterbacks in the NFL. We've got a guy like Joe Burrow who has nine inch hands unproven in the NFL. Um, how about Baker Mayfield coming on nine and a quarter inch hands? They have to, they have to scheme around him. Um, hall of famer, future hall of famer, Eli Manning, nine and an eighth inch hands. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Eli nine and eight. Um, Alex Smith, Comeback player of the year, nine and eighth inch hands. So there you go. And uh, Jared Goff, nine inch hands. Okay. So it's not a great list. <laughs> but I think there's still. I have still... nine and three quarters inch hands for Eli Manning. 
Yeah, I, I, this is a tweet from James Palmer um, from February of 2020. So uh, maybe he's wrong, but that's that's my that's my source. There's this, no it, way it, that Manning family that Eli had nine and in, in one of his hands. They would have he would have been like that other brother that we don't hear anything about. Yeah, this is smallest hands by number one overall pick quarterback since 2003. So it's it's Goff and Burrow are tied at the top with nine inches or or at the bottom rather. Um, so. I, I, you know, I, I don't think it's a, it's a deal breaker. It doesn't mean it's going to end his career or anything like that. I, I mean, uh, you know, the, the, and the thing with Trey Lance and fantasy, it's, it's, it's going to be his legs. It's going to be him making plays with his legs. Obviously I think he's got a pretty live arm and, and we, we saw that, but you know, it, it's more, there's more to this than just hand size. Yeah. I also think it's just, it's just, if he adapts well to the NFL with his size and athletic ability, he could be an absolute stud, but yeah. with those dinky, dinky, dinky little hands. I, I actually like pushing this out there because that it, it, some people like me, you know, latch onto these things like hand size wide receivers and say, okay, I don't want to do that. I don't want to draft him. But I remember we had the same talk with Deshaun Watson and like velocity. Remember that? Like the, um, they measured his velocity and, you know, he didn't reach a certain threshold. Yeah, it was at like, it was at like 39 or, or sorry, like 49 miles an hour or 47 and a half. Yeah. It was one of the lowest. Yeah. Something like that. And, and it turns out that Deshaun Watson can play football. So, I don't know. It's probably good for us not to get too caught up in some well, of these numbers. Well, Sean Watson had nine and three quarter inch hands. So yeah, I know. Okay, fine. Okay, Trey Lance <laughs> is off off my off my list. I'm not going to take him. I mean, maybe. I would love to draft the next Jared Goff. Yeah, maybe, maybe he'll slip to really, really no redress. Maybe yeah, maybe maybe NFL teams will 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 pass on Trey Lance and he'll he'll slip to the Bears at twenty or something. Who knows? <sighs> No, they're taking uh, Kadarius Tony. Anyway, uh, the the next piece of news, Ryan, and this is a player I have ne- I hadn't heard anything about, uh, but his name is Jalen Camp, and this was Dynasty Fantasy Football Reddit where it, it kind of popped out. Uh, Jalen Camp, if there was a combine this year, and kind of assuming that he was invited to it because his stats and like, like profile coming out, I think as a redshirt senior doesn't necessarily mean that he would have been invited to the combine, but. Georgia Tech wide receiver, 6'2", 226 pounds, uh, put up 30 bench press reps at, at his pro day. Yeah. And this this guy... What, what do you think about that? Like, this is more than offensive linemen are doing. I think it's super impressive. I think this this dude is... is impressive physically yeah you know i I never heard of him until you brought him up but i'm I'm looking at some of his other numbers from the the pro day as well and uh yeah that's that's impressive because the the record for a wide out at the nfl combine sprint perspective is 27 you know 443 uh 40 39.5 inches on the vertical jump so what, what else do we know about him well i mean that's these are these are intriguing numbers uh, he hasn't produced very much. He's kind of older coming out of some prospect. All the rest are negatives, Ryan. He ran a 4-4-3-30 at his pro day at a 39.5-inch vertical jump, uh, like an okay short shuttle and three. Not 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 really a great like three-cone time. Um, but long story short, uh, he can bench press a lot. And this is where we are in pro day news because it's been a pretty boring week, but at least somebody set a record somewhere. And you can't really – it's not like a hand time bench press, Ryan. Yeah, well – there is some, and you alerted to me to this before the show. I wasn't even aware. Um, there, there are some very exciting things uh, coming out of Champaign-Urbana. Number one, you know, the <laughs> Illinois men's basketball team, getting, you know, winning the Big Ten tournament, number one seed. We'll see if they can make a run. 
and their wide receiver. I can't even pronounce his name. Yeah, let's hear it. it. Let's hear it. Josh Emetorb Heb Hey. Josh Hematorb Heb Hey. I nailed Josh it. Hematorb right? Hey. Just, I, I tweeted it. You got to go to my Twitter at Red Librarian. This, this amazing, amazing vertical jump of 46.5 inches. I mean, it, it, it blows my mind well that like this picture. I, I mean, wow. You know, he, he's, what is he, 6'2, 220? Um, uh, you know, um, better than 19 yards per catch in 10 games during the 2019 season. So, uh, once again, not amazing production at the collegiate level, but the guy can jump. Ryan, this, uh, I'm just going to call him uh, J.I. Because sounds like a great nickname. So like J.I. Has, has been working out with D.K. Metcalf in the offseason because they met at the, at like the, the, the Nike, you know, like, like prospects uh, combine with they in high school going into college. So nice. I, I, one, I believe they're the same age because he was at USC. And then when he transferred to Illinois from USC. So he went to Illinois. That's usually it's not a, a good a walk- move. For, for, just, for it's a, like a horrible a idea. Yeah, like, like, like go go to like West, go to a spread offense as a wide receiver with a lot of athleticism. <laughs> if you're, you're going to do that, but uh, I I think he's a nice like sneaky under the radar. All he needs to do, Ryan, is get drafted, and then I might scoop up with those fifth round picks in rookie drafts uh, because he has the athleticism and it just kind of has the build. So if if he ends up becoming like if he if he can figure it out and that like get coached he has the potential to be something. Uh, I don't know. He, he, he could, he could matter is what I mean. Yeah. I mean, the guy is a four-star prospect, uh, 29th wide receiver out of the 2016 high school class. So, I mean, it's not like he is, you know, like this two-star athlete, you know, he, he had, you know, obviously he got recruited by USC. So, um, you know, there's some, there's some, uh, a little bit of pedigree there, even though his, collegiate numbers are not great but of course he played at illinois so your numbers aren't going to be great when you're a football player at illinois um so and he's so, yeah. 6'2, 220 rent rent you know he's gonna like i guess like if, you, if you're gonna adjust it for combine times like a four or five forty uh you know put up a lot of bench press reps ryan which i it's becoming one of my favorite statistics from the, these pro days and uh in general he just he, you know it might have been a hard path for him and he made a bad decision to transfer illinois Lovey Smith convinced him, said he's going to become an all pro, he's uh, a good quarterback. And it was, and then Lovey Smith got let go. So, all right. I'll be but, a chair uh, for Jay. I, I will pick him a lot in, with my fifth round draft picks and rookie drafts. Uh, the, the last quick pro day highlight, Ryan, is that Georgia Tech also had this punter. His name is Presley Harvin. And he was on like the lists for like notable prospects during the is pro he day. Is there any relation to another certain Harvin that played in the NFL? I, I based on build, I don't think so. All right, but their punter Presley Harvin is 5'11", 263. We have a new Sebastian Janikowski at the punter position. Let's go. <laughs> they don't have like combine like did he, did he kick the ball like like you know one hundred and thirty five yards? We don't know, but he was noted. It's relevant, and uh, he's a if he doesn't work out a punter, he might be able to play. I don't even know what you play at 5'11", 263. I, could, I just kind of assume like this Jack Punter running down the field, you know, on, on special teams and making making a bunch of sweet tackles. Anyway. Yeah, no, that's 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 fun. I mean, that's a it's a good good story. So I'm hoping this kid um um did you did you see about when he was 
oh no this is this was his never mind i'm not gonna tell it's not an interesting story Everybody live look up with, with presley Hart. live look up with but that, that was a mistake that was a mistake man but there's two under the radar aspects is what you come for the joes uh for and those guys are on nobody's radar and when they get drafted it was like who is this guy you know and then going to your rookie draft you'd scoop them up for cheap you heard it here first when he when these outliers hit you'll you'll know that like oh the Joes were talking about those guys so the the last thing before getting into free agent talk Ryan is I do want to talk I guess it relates a little bit to free agent talk and rookie draft is Chase Edmonds uh is is it is it Chase Edmonds season it might be Chase Edmonds season I'm I'm waffling here pretty hard <laughs> because I I just am uh he had a really under the radar like like weirdly good year last year he, he's had a, a couple games over 20 carries or just one game over over 20 carry 25 carries each of the last two seasons he's built well he seems to function well if he could be healthy I would, before like before i dive into it ryan what are your thoughts on chase Simmons' value at this moment in time uh, value i don't know I, I think he's one of those guys though that is a good guy to have on your roster because i i think that as we've seen the past couple of years he's gonna have stretches where you know usually well number one you could play him even if he's not the starter because i think he's gonna have a share of that backfield in arizona um but but beyond that i i, I think that um you know he's, he's one of those guys that's nice to have because you're, you're gonna know when to start him there's gonna be certain weeks that make sense and if you have to you could desperation play and your flex so i've always been a big chase Edmonds fan, um, friend of the show, as, as some loyal listeners will remember. Um, and uh, I, I like him, but I don't, in terms of value, I don't, I don't know that he's a guy that you can quantify with, with a pick. He's probably one of those guys you try to get thrown into a deal, like one of those backup running backs that, that could potentially pay off for you. That's kind of how I value guys like Chase Edmonds. What about you? Yeah, I've, I've kind of decided where I land on, like, are you, am, I, am I willing to like gamble on the upside of, of Chase Edmonds moving into this year uh, with that, with that kind of running back room. I mean, Ryan Chase Edmonds was seventh in the NFL in running back targets last season, which if you take out probably Saquon Barkley uh, and Christian McCaffrey, who probably would have been up above him, which is be ninth. But then you take out JD McKissick, who had one of the most abnormal seasons of all time. Uh, and even Mike Davis was above him. So I guess, he kind of was, you know, like, like eighth ish. And he didn't, he only started two games. He didn't have like a ton of snap share or playing time. And with the way Arizona's spending at different places, I mean, they're going to draft a rookie at some point in the NFL draft, whether if it's an early round one, you're going to lose your gamble on, on, you know, paying for him. But if they don't take one until the, to the fourth round, maybe fifth round, or they, they signed a different like veteran. Uh, I think, I think I, I kind of like right. I think it could be Chase Edmonds season. I don't want to be against it. Is is where I land. I initially wanted to be against it, but I I am not. It just depends on what it costs. I don't think I'm going to go like. I mean, like a, a, a competitive team who would like that kind of running back security. You know that like two oh nine to two twelve range, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I, and I, I do. You, do you think there's a chance because because Kenyon Drake is a Kenyon Drake, if I say his name, is a free agent, and he has not signed yet. Do you think there's a chance he could go back to Arizona? And if that happens, are you as excited about Chase Edmonds? I would be more excited about Chase Edmonds if they signed Kenyon Drake as the only other running back in that backfield. All right, all right, that's fair. That's fair. Um, 
but but he is one of those guys. I mean, I mean, it, it would not surprise me if um, you know they draft a kind of a you know later round rookie running back, or, and they sign a middling free agent, and and he's their main guy. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked by that. I mean, yeah. I think what's nice about that is it's a good gamble. If, if you want to even call it a gamble, it's not a bad gamble to take, um, you know, in terms of, you know, what, what his upside could be. Because I think at the end of the day, let's say you do trade like the 212 or something for him. Um, well, number one, you've probably got a pretty good team. And number two, you know, worst case scenario, they, they, they draft Travis Etienne and he's his backup. I don't, I still think there's some there's value to have him on your roster, you know? Yeah. I mean, he had 67 targets and 53 catches last year. 402 yards and four touchdowns. I just feel like I missed, I missed this chase Edmonds production when I looked him up Ed was, was kind of putting him into everything. He doesn't have a great like PFF grade overall, but that no, no, no Arizona running back did from last year. They're, they're kind of a mess on that side of it, but I think 67 targets, right. Is, is not the one a in an offense. Uh, and he at least has one year left of, and, uh, what, oh, why am I forgetting his name? The head coach for the for the Cardinals has come out and said that Chase Chase Edmonds could be their you know their their one A or like their starter in the offense going into the season. I don't know. I think it's worth that gamble. It's it's at least just as good of if not better gamble than like a like the super late second round pick in a one quarterback league. Let's go with that. But, and I, and I think he. I mean, he definitely has more value than say like a. Like a Devontae Booker all of a sudden has a little bit of value now that he's potentially Saquon Barkley's handcuff, right? Um, I'd, I'd much rather have a guy like Chase Edmonds than, than Devontae Booker, even though if Saquon goes down, you know, you know Devontae Booker is going to be the, the guy. But but I think Edmonds gives you value throughout the year and just has more upside than, than a guy like that. So just to put into context. Yeah, I think we're going to try to acquire Chase Edmonds for you. All right. Let, let us let us know how it goes, but no, I I think that's that's interesting, and I think it's one like I think it's one of those low cost acquisitions that could could pay off for you for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and I, this whole research ride that went into looking at free agents, looking at uh, uh, unrealized air yards, and then targets and receptions. Like I did this kind of like weird deep dive today, but the the long story short is running back targets are if you just look at the list of how it goes down are, are very odd. You know, JD McKissick led the, led the running back group last year with 110 targets. Uh, and now Alex Smith has gone from there and but 110 targets, eight receptions, 589 yards. I can't imagine a more PPR stat line for a running back in my life. Anyway, yeah. But where this, where this ends up is uh, I think Chase Edmonds, if he owns that backfield is like, he could, I mean, if you own that backfield as a starter from week one to week 17, could finish as top 15 running back easily, maybe top 12 if, if other, you know, with the injuries and stuff like that. It's, oh. <laughs> All right. Let, I, anyway. Let, let's let's transition and let's let's spend a little time and we'll talk about some some free agency landing spots and, and our thoughts. And I guess we'll start with quarterback. Not that there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about yet. I mean, we haven't seen the big trade of, it doesn't look like Russell Wilson's going to move. We, and as we said last week, we didn't think that was going to happen. I guess it still could, but um, Deshaun Watson, we're still kind of waiting to see what happens. Probably a move for Deshaun Watson. If it happens, will happen around the draft. I suspect. Um, I guess the biggest fantasy move 
for me, well, for the quarterback position is probably uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick to Washington. Uh, You know, when I saw that, I got kind of excited, especially for a guy like Terry McLaurin, because as our listeners probably know, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is interesting for number one wide receivers. So, um, so he has eight seasons. This is per CBS sports. Fitzpatrick has eight seasons with, with at least nine starts over his numerous stops, the bills, the Titans, the Texans, jets, and dolphins. And over that span, his number one receiver has had at least 128 targets on the year. So, we know McLaurin is going to get, we think anyway, he's going to get peppered for targets. I think it's also good for Logan Thomas. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited about this move. I'm really excited about Ryan Fitzpatrick going to the Washington football team. Right. I feel like you're not diving, diving hard enough, like, like deep into this because Ryan Fitzpatrick is a wide receiver, like the wide receiver one on the team's dream. I mean, there were, as you wrote in here, Ryan, there are seven times where the number one receiver had at least 72 catches, six times where the number one receiver had at least a thousand yards. Uh, and three times where they had 10 touchdowns. Uh, long story short is Ryan Fitzpatrick locks into a number one wide receiver and trusts him uh, w- without consequence. Like he's willing to put it out there all the time for that wide receiver. And that equals production year in and year out with Ryan Fitzpatrick's career. You want this type of gunslinger on your offense. They might draft a rookie and maybe he's, he's in there, or, or, uh, you know, like mentoring them. Maybe that rookie kind of comes in later in the season. But for the, you know, let's say minimum like 10 games starting next year, Terry McLaurin is going to have an absolute like ball in season going into next year with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, I think track record and the, the the way that team's built, it just is, I'm very, very excited. I'm not overly excited for, for Logan Thomas. I think he's still going to be fine, but it's not going to be the same kind of, you know, Alex Smith targeted J.D. McKissick 110 times. You know, when Alex Smith became star- and Jamie McKissick didn't even start getting targets till like midway through the season. You know, if you escalate, if you took his last eight games with Alex Smith, it was just just insane. Average depth, depth of targets is going to go up. Uh, his target share is going to go up. And I think I think McLaurin is going to be one of the sneakiest picks in your redraft leagues, especially in auction uh, moving into next season. And in Dynasty, though, it might be a little bit hard to acquire McLaurin at this point. You just need to be happy if you have him because. The Ryan Fitzpatrick news, every dynasty owner knows, you know, what 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 Fitzpatrick does for his number one wide receiver. So they're yeah. gonna hold tight to that. If but I don't think overpaying for McLaurin is is a bad idea if you're ready to, you know, slot him in as a, a top twelve wide receiver moving in next year. I think he could easily be a top like a top twelve wide receiver in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I, I I think so too. I think what's what's interesting to me, Will, from like a super flex point of view is and and i don't think this gets it done but i I was like what is what is his what is ryan fitzpatrick's value and so i went to the dynasty trade calculator plugged him in for superflex league a 12 team so it came back as a 2.8 and and they have the 301 as a 2.8 value as well and obviously i don't think you could trade a early third for for fitzpatrick in a superflex league maybe maybe some you can but um i i do think it just goes to show you that you can acquire him cheaply because this is probably his last year and if if you just maybe you only have you have a roster where you're only like two quarterbacks deep and you're and you're worried, I, I think that he, he could get them cheaply or get them thrown into a deal. You know, I I, I like I, I like the value he presents in in um in dynasty for for a year anyway. I think I think it's worth paying, you know, get him and throwing him into a deal for for like a year stopgap. But I know there's a risk they draft a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, and and halfway through the season you've lost him. But maybe that's all you need. I don't know. 
I think this is the structure for the deal they need to look through through your leagues is that the team that Ryan Fitzpatrick is on is probably they're probably like they, they weren't relying on him last year as a starter. He was kind of, he was a bench player. Uh, maybe their team overperformed or underperformed. Uh, if you're ready to go like, like compete, this is one where you're moving a quarterback to that team uh, for another player. And then having Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick on top of that, just for this season. So if you're, let's say you have, you know, you have like Aaron, you have, you know, four, three or four potential like starting quarterbacks on your Superflex roster, uh, depending on league size, team build, whatever. But if you're going to like move Aaron Rodgers and you're trying to acquire either an elite running back or wide receiver, Ryan Fitzpatrick is that icing on the top that gives you some security. It's that, it's that little yeah. like add in piece where you get one season, you know, you can get that like one season of quarterback production, assuming that you're still okay with the other two quarterbacks you have. I think relying on Fitzpatrick for starting, you know, even 10 weeks next season is, is a, is a very, very risky, potentially bad way to go about it. But he's one where you might be able to get added on top when you're moving something else. Like if you're not comfortable with how the things are shaking out with Russell Wilson, you move him to a different team. Just look at that rap, that team that has Ryan Fitzpatrick, look at the roster and see if there's something that you think you can work out. And with that owner to get him back in the deal, along with adding another elite asset. You know, if you do like a Joe Mixon, you know, plus other assets and Ryan Fitzpatrick for an elite quarterback, that could be a very, very fun deal for you. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, and I think that's yeah, that's a good point. And there's a lot of different ways you can look at it, but there there are some ways you can you can use him either acquire him or move him, and, and it makes some maybe some deals possible. Because yeah, it seems like with superflex leagues in particular, if you are moving a quarterback, you you usually want to get one back, or if you're acquiring one, you know, like there's always always needs to be quarterbacks kind of move in those deals. So he makes some some interesting deals possible. Yeah, like I, like this this year, I'm looking to move. Uh, Russell Wilson, and I'm looking at every team that has Lamar Jackson. So if Lamar Jackson, or if they have, you know, if they value Russell Wilson now above Lamar Jackson, they also have Ryan Fitzpatrick. You might be able to like, like put together something more deep in an offer. Yeah. Um, other free, I don't know if there's any other free agent quarterbacks that are really worth discussing. I mean, you've got some. Oh, I think Tyrod uh, Taylor going to the Texans for what was that deal worth up to 12, 13 million? I think that is very, very interesting uh, that they are kind of having a, 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 you know, a quarterback with some legs coming in on a not cheap deal. Yeah. Uh, overall. I think that's very intriguing to how that, that whole situation is going to play out. And I, I think my, my fear with, with Tyrod, uh, like in a the, kind of a similar situation is like, I could totally see the Washington football team, uh, like maybe not taking a quarterback and just kind of riding uh, fits magic to get them to the year. Cause I think they want it to be for the playoffs. Whereas Houston, they're going to, they're going to move Watson probably. And they're going to probably get a really high draft pick or some draft picks back and take a quarterback. So I, do, I just worry that with, with Tyrod, I, I don't know how many games he's going to start. Um, but, uh, but, but probably a guy you can get a hell of a lot cheaper than well, along with that deal, Ryan, I don't know if you noticed it, but they also signed the the doctor from, from the chargers. So like oh, week three, let's go. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't see too that. dark. Too dark. No, they they actually didn't. That's a, a bull. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were. I thought you were serious for a second. I was no. like, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> wow. Um, all right. Uh, so that I mean, but but I I guess if you're looking for some value, if you're like really desperately thin on your roster, I mean, the, those you know, there's a guy like Tyrod. I hate to mention Andy Dalton, but 
he's probably the starter this year. And I, I think, you know, if you're, if you need a third quarterback on your super legs roster, he's, I'm sure he's cheap to acquire. Yeah. You're going to be um, real confident clicking that button every time or no. putting that player to start the quarterback for the bears. Yeah. You're, it, yeah. You're not looking good if that's your, that's your QB three, even on your super flex roster. So, but anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously not a lot of movement yet in the quarterbacks and, and honestly with the wide receiver position, well, th- this was the position I'm most excited about. And as of this recording, I should check uh, Adam Schefter's uh, uh, tweets the last hour or so, but because the, the wide receivers, I mean, I guess Kenny Galladay it looks like he's going to go to the giants, but um, you know, the, the big names, uh, you know, I mean, Corey Davis, of course, went to the jets, but the big, that's why it's not what, talked about because it's boring that Corey Davis went to the jets. Well, it is, it is boring. And I don't even know, I don't even have a, like a takeaway for that. Like, does that. I oh, mean, Corey, Corey Davis stays at the same value. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, change. it's not horrible, but it's not, it's not exciting either. I, I mean, I don't know where Corey Davis going would have, I would have gotten excited about, about Niners. Corey. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> I kid. <laughs> but I mean, okay. If he had gone to green Bay and, and they're like, he's our wide receiver too. Uh, there'd be some buzz, but uh, otherwise I don't see, um, you know, or Kansas, if you've gone to Kansas city, maybe there'd been some buzz or something like that. But anyway, yeah, I think, yeah, he probably would fit very well into to Kansas city. So how do you, I'm, I'm going to talk about this and this could blow up on us because this isn't a done deal yet, but it does seem like Kenny Galladay is going to go to the giants by all accounts. If, if Twitter is to be believed because everything on Twitter is true. Right. Um, let's say Galladay goes to the Giants. How do you feel? I know you're a big Kenny Galladay fan. Are you like, oh man, that's that stinks? Or are you like, ah, it's not horrible? Um, what are your what are your thoughts? I'm I'm pretty for it. Uh, I, Daniel Jones isn't a very good quarterback overall, and, th- and that's fine. But I think Kenny Galladay is going to eat up targets and receptions and be that he's. I mean, he he's the the A plus to the rest of that wide receiver core is B minus. So I, I think it might be frustrating at times. He's going to have down games overall. I mean, like just like Saquon Barkley does in that offense and kind of how they operate. But I, I am totally okay with Kenny Galladay signing with the Giants overall. I think it doesn't decrease his value. I think it just kind of keeps it steady. I am sad, though, that he's going down the, like, the path of going to a, kind of a bad quarterback is a very, very great wide receiver. What, one of the things that makes me nervous, I, I'm going to ask you if this makes you nervous at all with Kenny Galladay, the fact that he's, he, the, he's going to visit with them. He, he's, he's, I guess he's flying there. Probably they want to do a physical examination to, to kind of check out that, that hip or whatever issue he's having last year. Does that concern you a little bit? Cause he's missed a lot of time. Um, it's certainly in, in 2020, but even the year before, I think he, he missed several games. So does that make you a little bit concerned that teams haven't signed him yet? Do you think there's maybe the NFL teams know something about his health? I don't, I just don't know. I think it's, it's best that he didn't sign like right away and he's waiting for that bigger deal. We're in a kind of a weird, a weird free agent signing period for free agents for this NFL season and the cap and everything like that. Uh, I don't, I, th- I think that's already baked in though into Kenny Galladay's value. So Ryan, so overall it doesn't like, it doesn't concern me in the price that you would have to pay to get Kenny Galladay. Uh, but I, I mean, of course, of course, you know, I'm worried about like if, if his hip is not in great shape or if he leaves there without a contract and it leaks out is because of health reasons. I'm uh, I'm more concerned, but maybe he just signs like a lesser deal with a, a team with a better quarterback. And I think that's still, still great. I, I honestly don't, I just don't, I just don't think that he's that hurt, but that, that's only, speculation you know 
based on nothing else coming out about it last year. Like nobody wanted to play for the, the Lions last year. Yeah, that, that's true. And, and there might've been some of that too. Um, so other thoughts. So we, we had some other wide receivers that have some interesting landing spots. Um, Curtis Samuel went to the Washington football team. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I've never been the biggest Curtis Samuel guy, and I don't know that this does anything for me one way or the other. I think he's If Alex playing. Smith was still the quarterback, they could have lined up Curtis Samuel <laughs> in the backfield, and he'd have had 125 targets. But uh, I, I don't know. I, just, I, think, I think it's fine. I think, though, the, it doesn't really fit with the Fitzpatrick mold. So I, I, I am fascinated that they signed Curtis Samuel – along with Terry McLaurin and I, I, maybe it bodes well for, for Logan Thomas, where it opens up those red zone targets, you know, because McLaurin's six foot Curtis Samuel's like what, like five, 10, five, 11, uh, that it, you know, can be more of a red zone opportunist. Uh, they, they paid a good amount to get him. So I just don't, I just, I, I for fantasy value though, I just don't really care about Curtis Samuel overall. Yeah, me neither. And I never really have. I, I think he is a nice, maybe best ball guy, you know, best ball drafts draft him. Cause he'll, he'll, you know, do okay for you for some weeks, but yeah, I'm yeah. I, I mean, any well, other score, I mean, he scored a ton of fantasy points last year, but it, good luck. Good luck having your roster and choosing when to start him. That's that. Right. It's, that, it's, it's almost like that kind of like, will not quite as high level is what Will Fuller was, but it's that Will Fuller like when, when, you know, you start him every week and, a few weeks he's going to put up just just absolutely horrible fantasy points for you that's not that i hate having those receivers on the roster and having to start them it really is stressful as an owner and when that value like peaks i want to offload them as soon as possible Uh, well what about we'll move on from the wide receivers but what about some of these other these older guys whoa 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 aj green to the cardinals ryan (laughs) Like I said, older guys. That's that's you know. Well, you said moving off the wide receivers. This is on the wide receivers. After we after we talk about these these ancient guys. After we talk about AJ Green and John Brown. These like thirty. Marvin uh, Jones know, to the Jags. Uh, once again, older guy. Zay uh, Jones back with the Raiders. Younger guy, but he's not very good. Um, <laughs> okay, but any any go ahead. What you wanted to talk about AJ Green? So let's talk about AJ Green. Oh, I love this fit for AJ Green. Uh, with you know, with having Jadre Hopkins. And they have no other like 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 tight end of consequence. Uh, Asia Green can potentially be that kind of similar like slap tight end uh, to what Larry Fitzgerald was, but maybe with a little bit more juice. I think I don't know. I just, I just feel like uh, Asia Green could really fit into that offense. And if he ended up with you know uh, you know like 85, 95 targets, seven touchdowns on the season, let's say like seven hundred fifty yards, I think that's a great win for those people who have held on to Asia Green for this long. I mean, when you look at unrealized air yards, which is the stat that we leaned on so heavily coming into the, this prior season with Curtis Samuel, uh, he was, Adrian Green was third in the league last year with 939 unrealized air yards, which basically means that uh, he had passes thrown to him that weren't caught often or he dropped them. Adrian Green did not have a great season last yeah, year. He, he dropped a lot of them. But I love this rejuvenation and I'm still a huge Adrian Green fan and I'm kind of in. I'm kind of in on, uh, having him as your wide receiver three on your team that you can plug and play week over week. So you, you are saying you would, uh, are you, you're saying you're a buyer of AJ green right now? Yes. Really? Well, so yeah, you, of course. Like, if uh, he's, like I would love to have him thrown into every deal I make is instead of a fourth round pick, give me AJ green. See, I am of the opposite thinking. I think that 
the that he is a guy that if like there's a little blip like a potential blip in value where his value has gone up a little bit because and you're not going to sell him for much i mean i'm not saying if you shop him around you're going to get like this huge return because you're just not because of his age and his time no. like that but if if it's um if it helps me get a deal done i'm actually happy to get him off my roster and free up space to you know play the waiver wire and, and have a backup running back on my roster instead um i i just think he's kind of a roster clogger uh, honestly, I just don't think he's going to, you're ever going to want to start him week to week. Um, I, I, I mean, I guess there's some upside there, but I don't know. It's not, it's not a gamble I want to take. So I, I, I don't have very many places, but he's on the block. If you're listening and we're in league together, that send me something. We'll, but he's more of a throwing guy. Like what if I threw an AJ green? Does that, does that get this deal done? I mean, it's not like you're going to, not, you're going to straight up, you're not going to trade him straight up for like a fourth rounder. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but. So Ryan, right now, what's the betting line on AJ green's fantasy finish for 2021? I don't know. You, you tell me, am I, am I setting the line? Well, yeah, you have to set it. Cause I want to, I want to bet against it. All right. Um, do I, you want me to be generous here? Full, or, full I'll, PPR. I'll, I'll try to be fair. I don't know. I, I think I think you I think maybe his upside is like Wider's here for four. That's his upside. I, I don't think he's just gonna finish there though. What do you Wait, think? Like like a, a wide receiver? I mean four, I mean like, what, no, like, like like between thirty seven and forty eight. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Just to be clear, no, no, yeah, not wider's here for four overall. No. Oh right. <laughs> You're like, I'll take that bet. He's gonna be hard that. to take the over on that. <laughs> All right. I, I would write down time. Bet heavily that AJ Green finishes a top 30 wide receiver next year. All right, let's do it. Put it in. The first first bet of the of 2021. This is exciting. It's a bold bet, my friend. You have a lot of faith in a in a guy that hasn't done it for a long, long time. I mean, I and I honestly I hope you're right. I would love to see him perform well. That would be awesome for football, but I don't know. Don't oh, don't oh, reliable. Oh, it's gonna be so good. <laughs> no tight end consequence there. Like They're probably not gonna get one. Because wide receivers that are his age are always reliable. They're always reliable fantasy producers. I, I've tried to mine the Arizona Cardinals tight end like core for two tight end leagues, and it's just, it's just the worst. Just the worst to try to do that. So, so a, AJ goes. Green going into the 2021 season will be 33 years old, my friend. That's fine. All right. Well, let's move on then. Let's talk about some other ancient wide receivers that you might be interested in. Like a guy like John know, Brown. That's the hilarious part about this, this free agent season <laughs> is old wide receivers that were just trying to grasp. Like, just grasp on those last, like, dangles of hope. Now, okay, what, what about Marvin Jones? Because Marvin Jones, I'm, I'm much more interested in it than, um, than A.J. Green. Um, and not just because he's a little bit younger. But I, I, I think that's kind of an interesting fit in Jacksonville. What, what are, and he's going to be you know, Trevor Lawrence and to, to Marvin Jones, that's, that's kind of fun. What, what do you think about Marvin Jones going to, yeah, just, uh, just glad he, he got out of Detroit. And I think the Jags offense is going to be wildly different than it was last year. I mean, I mean, I think, I think obviously, and uh, Marvin Jones is a pretty good, like he's a quarterback's friend. And so I'm very interested to see how this plays out, Ryan. I own too much Marvin Jones across dynasty leagues. Like if you looked at like market share, my portfolio, uh, I ha- I would just I would have too much Marvin Jones, so I'm I'm very excited about this. Although I th- I would have preferred if he signed with like the Chiefs, you know, is, is that kind of other other reliable target? Like he's a you know potentially I don't, I wouldn't say better wide receiver than Sammy Watkins, but a more reliable receiver than Sammy Watkins. Yeah, um, 
yeah, so so we'll see. I, I mean, once again, not not a guy that I necessarily want to go out and and acquire, but um, but I'm a little bit more optimistic on him. Um, and, and he, you know, only he, he just turned 31 five days ago, so he's he's a baby compared to AJ Green. So that's that's exciting. Um, but but I think he's still got another year to the tank. So I mean, AJ uh, Green is going to have to practice at some like like Podunk. Uh, facilities for media purposes and then like sprains his ankle like AJ Green did that one year. Uh, he, he's going to a real team with real facilities and you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe they have some, uh, as, as, as Chris Harris would say, <coughs> better nutrition plans. Maybe. So, uh, uh, I think Mar- Marvin Jones, the Jags is, is also funny because Marvin Jones played for the Bengals, the Lions, and now he's going to the Jags. He might have like the worst win loss record over his career of any team. Are are there any um any other wide receivers you want to talk about? I don't really I think Emmanuel Sanders went to the Bills. I think if you've had him on your roster, at least makes him worth keeping versus dropping. <laughs> like yeah. that's the kind of the end result of that. Yeah. Uh John Brown of the Raiders. I still right, I still really like John Brown, but he's also kind of aging out and with the way that uh Nelson Aguilar left there, there's still an opening for a reliable vet veteran wide receiver to perform well. So I think John Brown will still be fantasy relevant. It's just not going to be again. Uh, it, it just week in and week out. It's going to be tough to really want to start John Brown. Unless you have, unless it's a deeper league and you got to do it. Uh, so with, with running backs, we, we haven't recorded since Aaron Jones signed that deal with green Bay. Um, I, I don't know that we want to spend a lot of time on Aaron Jones, although um, I, I think it's it's good. I mean, I don't know. We're, would you rather see Aaron Jones go to say the Miami Dolphins? That, that he was rumored to, you know, that, that was landing spot for him. Are you are you happier that he's back in Green Bay? Well, as an AJ Dillon uh, massive fan, it was a little bit sad to see him come back to Green Bay. But I think this presents a buying. Win- I'm just going to pivot really quickly around to AJ. Yeah, Dillon. That's, please, that's fine. Great, great buying window for AJ Dillon. Like like overall, uh, everybody's down on him. He's, yeah, he's not going to see the light of day. He just dropped think, a lot, a lot in value. Yeah, yeah. I think this is the, the the point in time to scoop him up to have that like upside and not pay as much. Uh, hopefully, you were selling AJ Dillon, AJ Dillon before this because he was, I think, significantly overvalued. I think Aaron Jones for this season, right, top five, six running back. I, I think that Green Bay fits perfect. I mean, Green Bay at best is going to add a wide receiver in the draft and. I don't think that affects his value at all. I think Aaron, like Aaron Jones over a complete season without Jamal Williams there, he's going to be so involved in that offense. You're going to get one more great season out of that. And again, second contract running backs, you know, when he's kind of getting older, if you get one more great season, that's a a huge win. I'm not going to try to buy Aaron Jones now anymore. I I tried to put out some feelers before he was signing free agency. Uh, Also trying to guess like the value of like Miles Sanders, you know, versus Aaron Jones and that, that went very poorly. So I think, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think I, I, Brian, if I, if I, if like where I have Aaron Jones, I want to try to move him now with this kind of like locked in and potential one more season of great production, because if I, I only see like one, maybe two more great seasons of production. And I think two is a stretch, uh, you know, just kind of with running backs and their age and, you know, kind of how it all works out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'd be willing to give up this year to move into either a rookie pick or, you know, an underperforming, like even like trying to make a deal for like the Miles Sanders, Clyde Overs Lair. I think 
DeAndre Swift is, is under is is kind of being devalued because of Jamal Williams signing with the Lions. Those those kind of moves. Yeah, I, I like your um your AJ Dillon, you know, pivot to to p- pick him up because I think that is the you know, kind of the takeaway from, from that Aaron Jones signing. I, I think you're, you're kind of right. I, I, I think if anything, he, he might, he might be a sell. I, I'll tell you, I sold Aaron Jones a couple of places a couple of years ago and I, I regret it because I, I sold a little too early that that did not work out for me what I got in return, but Hey, you, you, you win some, you lose some. Um, any, any other running backs that we want to talk about? I mean, that like, I think that was comical to me. Well, on Twitter after, um, uh, Jamal Williams w- signed with um, with Detroit that people were talking about, you know, oh, this is bad for DeAndre Swift. And I, I just think like with with very few exceptions in the NFL, you know, you've got to have some depth at the running back position. It's I don't see him as a huge threat to DeAndre Swift. <laughs> I just like with uh, Marlon Mack going back to Indianapolis. Do I am I worried yeah. about Jonathan Taylor? No, I mean, are you kidding? I just. I don't, I don't really get that. I mean, these guys that have, that have signed other than Aaron Jones, I, I don't see them as threats to the, the starter. I mean, I mean, cause these just, that's how the NFL is. You're going to have multiple running backs in the backfield. You, you gotta, wait, why are people talking about Carlos Hyde's impact on James, James Robinson's value? Oh yeah. I that's the other I thing. Can't. That's no, but that's the other one. That's a little bit weird to me is, is Carlos Hyde. Like I, you know, what did you see? Um, yeah, I, the past couple of years that makes you think that that Carlos Hyde is going to like take over that backfield. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the, it's like, we have to react to every, like everything's got to be like, have this huge implication in fantasy. And that's just not the case with some, so many of these signings. So. I think Swift has way more concerns, which is how that, that offense is going to be. And I hope this surprises. You, you kind of just have to kind of, kind of stick with it. Fine. I think, uh, we just before we close the show here shortly we got to talk about the tight ends and that situation i mean new england pretty much got all of them um and we'll see what happens now like the one of the interesting things about free agency will is the colts are still sitting on a ton of money they really haven't really done much so uh, they they still have a boatload of money And, and we'll see when some of these veterans um you know have to get cut that type of thing or some of the veterans that are out there that have been cut what they do but you know, the I, I thought the Colts would be active in the tight end market. Um, uh, not yet. You know, um, you know the Patriots. Um, Gerald Everett to the the Seahawks is kind of interesting. Um, I think that's that's really interesting. Yeah, for every every person that's held on uh, to Gerald Everett through all these these rough rough years, this is uh, some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. No, I mean, I that's probably the most exciting landing spot. I mean, we we've seen that with Russell Wilson. Um, it's a couple of years ago. Like he's like Will Disley for you know a, a, a brief moment of time looked like he was going to be something because you know like Wilson just kind of peppered those tight ends with targets. So uh, I'm assuming Russell Wilson's going to be there, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that's well, cool. That's, yeah, and I think Disley tore his patellar tendon and his Achilles. Oh, oh yeah, two, yeah, the, he's, two of the yeah. most catastrophic injuries you can have in the NFL. Poor poor Will Disley. Great yeah, first I mean, name. I mean, uh, he's the Everett's going to be the guy. So I, I do think that's exciting. And, and maybe that presents a buying opportunity. Cause I don't know that other people will be as quite as excited about it as we will. Maybe I'm way off, but um, uh, yeah. And you know what John God, I was excited about John Smith at first going to the Patriots a little bit. And then Hunter Henry signed it. I'm like, Oh man, this is kind of, this is not great. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's never like, <laughs> or I wanted to try to spin this. I was trying, I was thinking about it 
you know, for, for a little bit of like, how do you spin this in, in a positive way for their fantasy production? You just really can't. It's just a good team move. Like, yeah, like it's really great for them to have both those guys. It really, yeah, it's it really great just makes the tight end position worse though for fantasy. Yeah, it really does, man. Like I'd love to, like, it's going to be great to see Cam Newton miss those guys by 10 yards. <laughs> this out of the <laughs> I hope Cam Newton's shoulder gets healthy and he gets a great offense. I would love to see another, you know, 40 touchdown season out of Cam Newton in, you know, in New England. That would just be, that'd be amazing. Well, I mean, if you played devil's advocate with Cam Newton, you could say a couple of things, you know, he, uh, you know, went into New England late in, in a weird off season. He, he had COVID people forget that, um, you know, still recovering probably from his multitude of injuries that he's had in his career. So, does he come in? Is he healthy? Well, that, does, does he have a better understanding of the offense? Maybe his shoulder is better and he's more accurate. So, I, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of hope there. A little well, the, bit. At least, at least we know that, that like the ankle is fine. Like that, that foot injury and ankle injury is fine because right. he, he ran a ton. I mean, right. he, uh, he did a great job of that. I think that shoulder injury is very interesting. And I wanna, I'm very curious, Ryan, because if you look at Cam Newton's like his, his throwing motion – when you're, when you're watching, you know, tape is very, it, it makes it look just, it looks violent as he throws the ball. Yeah. And I've, I've wanted to go back and look at this and I need to still do it is, is if the, I'm wondering if camera control, like does the camera move as he's throwing it or is it really just that bad? Cause it's a different, it's, it's just so wild. I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's just an off the, off the cuff top, like comment about it. But I, I would still be in Superflexes, Ryan, buying into Cam Newton as kind of, again, that throw in to a contender uh, when, you're, when you're making a deal with somebody. And, and that's an oversight on our part. We should have mentioned Cam Newton because, honestly, that's a, a pretty significant free agent signing. I, I guess one of the reasons I didn't, Will, is I, I don't know. I've got, just got this feeling that New England's going to draft a quarterback. I, I just don't know that New England, Cam's going to be the guy there. Um, but I, but they're I'm going to have to like, move up is. to get a quarterback of significance. Like, I, don't, I don't think Trey Lance is going to, uh, you know, like, like unseat Cam Newton. I don't think Mac Jones is going to do it. Uh, I don't know. They're, they're, they're at 15. They could, um, they, they could make a move. Um, or Mac Jones could be sitting there at 15 because there's interest. They like Mac Jones. And, um, even though we think, you know, you know, uh, you know, when we talked back, back with Paul Perkeese and everything that, you know, we're not the buzz in the dicey community is that we don't think he's going to really amount to anything. I don't know. Bill Belichick might have other ideas and might try to force that issue and, and say that like, this guy's going to be the next Tom Brady. You know, we'll, we'll see. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I think we're getting close to the two minute warning. Will any, any, any final thoughts here on free agency, any guys that we didn't mention or any supposed to be. Oh mention? yeah. Mo Ali cast got second round, got the second round tender from the Colts. Which so, is great. I, honestly, I think that's great. He's staying in. That's in a good place. amount of money, at least to stay with the team during this, yeah. this cap strapped year. We love that. We both love him. So, and where they're going to be spending. I mean, he has like 11 and a half inch hands, Ryan. I know it's like 11 and like three eighths inch hands. It's something like crazier. So he's obviously fits the hand model. And I, I think that's, that's fascinating though, that they second round tendered him and are going to keep him for a guy who's been on and off the practice squad, his entire career with the Colts. And I'm excited. I'm, I'm actually very, very excited about that. When I read that, I was, it, it gave me like warmth in my heart for Mo Alley Cox. Uh, and where else are they going to spend? Like, Ryan, there's there's still Will Fuller out there. I think he would fit very well into to the you know to the Colts wide receiver core, or they're going to resign T. Y. Hilton and just add to that defense. 
uh, like Xavier Rhodes is gone, stuff like that. Like they, they might try to revamp and have some splash signings a little bit later on. And I, th- I don't think these early signings are where they like the early signings. The only team that's really taken advantage of that have been the Patriots in a very, very odd way that we weren't expecting. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Alex, Alex Mack, the center from the Falcons, who's, who's a really, really great center. Really for, good for center. Years, yeah. Years. yeah. He is, I think he's 35 at this point in time, but as we've seen offensive linemen who have uh, like the technical skills versus just like power and like length uh, can last longer than the NFL. I think that was a great sign by the Niners. And that's intriguing for if anything else happens in that running back room going into this offseason. Yeah. And we'll see. There's still some names out there. We still, we, you know, we still got the draft. Um, there's still a lot, a lot, a lot of moves that are, will love to be, or are left to be made. So um, anyway, well, I, I, all I've got to say is um, th- this has been an, an interesting start to the off season. I think it's going to continue to be interesting. I mean, we're going to have a, a great draft here. We're, we're going to, you know, see some more signings and, and still some big names out there. Some, some big fish, you know, we'll, we'll see if Kenny Galladay does end up in New York. We'll see where Juju goes. We haven't mentioned Juju yet. So it's going to, it's still fun. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it more next week. So um, with that, I think, I think it's a show. So we are the fantasy Joes. We're on Twitter at FF Joes. Will is at, at fantasy Joe underscore will. I am at real librarian. On behalf of Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood. And of course we're the fantasy Joes. Oh, I'm having such a hard time about eva- like valuing Amari Rogers from Clemson. Didn't run a great forty. Didn't have great agility scores, but is a he's a he's a thick boy. It's, a, it's kind of that kind of mold breaker where I think he'll get drafted highly in the NFL is a gadget piece, but I don't think I think I'm out on him for fantasy. Yeah, anytime the flip the name gadget it makes kind of turns me off you know gadget players usually don't work out that's that just turns into curtis samuel yeah and if you if you if you picked the right weeks to start curtis samuel every time it really worked out for me yeah good for you congratulations you're you're good at this <laughs> start sit decisions so it can be the worst